How's it going, A's fans? And welcome to episode 75 of the Locked On A's podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, noted baseball fan, Jason Burke, and today, baseball is back, somewhat, kind of, maybe. We'll see. So uh, we're going to talk about what that means with baseball being back and all, and, you know, everything that that entails, and uh, all the new rules and all that stuff. And then in the second half, I'm going to be talking about the best 60-game stretches from each team in the New West. Uh, basically, it's the AL West and the NL West kind of mushed together, but sort of, not really. We'll get into it here in a sec. But before we get going, please make sure to follow us on social media at LockedOnA's on Twitter and Instagram. I am at ByJasonB on Twitter, and you can email us any questions that you may have. And uh, there are probably plenty of questions to be going around right now, like, uh, what, what the hell is up with the 60-game season? And such. Uh, you can email questions to us at lockedonathletics at gmail.com. Uh, hopefully, next week I'll do a mailbag episode for you guys. And, uh, you know, we'll get all the questions answered and get ready for uh, summer camp. It'll be so much fun. So, uh, I'm going to run down what's going on with the season as we know it right now. Uh, this is all from a Jason Stark article on The Athletic. Uh, if you don't have The Athletic by now, uh, go, 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 go get it. They have uh, great deals all the time, and it's like $5 for 40 years or something like that. I don't know. Uh, they have great deals, so go check those out. Um, so according to Jason Stark, uh, Major League Baseball in 2020, here's the rundown. You got a, a July, 4, uh, sorry, July 1st report date, which is Wednesday. So not a lot of time to get going on that front, but, uh, you know, whatever. So summer camp starting, and then... Uh, Opening day is supposed to be either July 23rd or 24th. They're still hammering out the exact schedule as we uh, as we record and all that stuff. So hopefully that'll be up at some point soon because uh, some of like the East teams, uh, I'll get into it here in a sec, but the East teams uh, are just playing on the East Coast in one time zone for the entire 60-game duration, whereas teams in the West have uh, three time zones to go to. And, uh, you know, I know that... that teams out of the West always have further to travel and all that stuff, but uh, in 60-game season during uh, COVID-19, kind of seems like an unfair advantage, but uh, that's for another day probably. So, as I've mentioned plenty of times by now, we're doing 60 games. 60-game season. Uh, the way that the schedule is going to be broken down, we don't know when and how many times and all that stuff, or, you know, uh, when and where, mostly. Uh, the how many times we know. Um, so we got 60 games, 10 games are going to be against each member of the AL West. So, uh, you know, you got the Mariners. So that's fun. You got the Rangers, the Angels, and then the Astros. Um, winning the West is going to be important this year. I'll get into that here in a second as well. So you're going to have a three and two game series, which I, I don't understand at all. The whole point of doing this little, you know, uh, sectioning everybody off by divisions is to limit travel and yet you're going to have two-game series? Just have four-game series. It, Why? And there's more. Also, I'll just talk about it right now. The trade deadline is August 31st. Why is there a trade deadline? That The season is nine weeks. Make the trade deadline the day before you have to report to camp because you shouldn't have to be flying to another team's facility and moving your whole family and all that stuff. The do they not understand what COVID-19 does and like all of the ways that it spreads? Stop putting people in airplanes is basically uh, number one on the list of how to run Major League Baseball right now. Just don't do it. Obviously, teams got to get from place to place. So limiting the amount of times that they have to get on an airplane 
should, should be an easy call, but apparently uh, Bud Manfred over here not getting that memo. So uh, you got 40 games taken care of with, you know, the ALS division opponents. And then uh, the other 20 games are going to be against the uh, National League West. And six games, this is just uh, purely A's. So you can deduce what it is if uh, you also like other teams. But for the A's, they're playing six games against the Giants because they are the territorial rival. So uh, they get an extra couple of games against them. And then the other 14 games are going to be some sort of combination um, of, you know, playing two teams three times and then two teams two times. Sure, I guess. Uh, it, that gets the A's a little bit of an advantage, I think. Maybe, perhaps, uh, because they're facing the Giants six times. And uh, that that's always a plus. I'd rather face the Giants than the Dodgers, like the Angels probably have to. Uh, again, not set in stone, but this is uh, likely where it's going. So that's... Nice, I suppose. We'll get into in the second half how the, the Giants did in their 60-game, uh, their best 60-game stretch. And uh, they were decent. So we'll, we'll see if uh, they make me eat my words. I doubt it. But uh, so with six games against the Giants, that's uh, obviously a plus, I think. Uh, the Rockies would probably be the next team that you'd want to face in more games out of the NL West. But they also play at Coors Field. So there's a lot of... Uh, uncertainty that goes into a series played at Coors because that could deplete the bullpen. It, it could just be a shootout and uh, it could go either way, really. And uh, they know how to play there. The A's get to play there like once every five years. It doesn't, it doesn't uh, bode well, or it's not like guaranteed wins, even though the Rockies aren't like a great team as of last year, they could be on the upswing again. Who's to see? Uh, so anyways, there's no real, real easy option outside of, I hope the giants, in the NL West, uh, the Padres are being are up and comers. They got Chris Paddock and you know Fern, Fernando Tatis and just a slew of young talent. Uh, Jerks and Provards on that team, and we all know how former A's do, so that's not good. Uh, the Diamondbacks are a sneaky good team with a lot of really good pitching. Uh, I think that they're going to be a, a little tough to to rumble with. And then obviously the Dodgers like to Dodger, so uh, you don't want to face them four times if you don't have to. Um, although it would be nice to see a measuring stick and, uh, you know, go toe to toe with the presumptive national league favorites. So there's not an easy way to go with the schedule right now. It's not like, uh, the central division and all that stuff because, uh, the central teams get to play the Royals who suck, the Tigers who are kind of terrible, the White Sox who could be good, but we don't necessarily know yet. Um, yeah, there's a lot of and then the NL Central is actually pretty decent, so I'll, I'll give them a pass. But the extra extra travel for the West teams and the ease of the Central schedule, uh, winning the division is going to be imperative for the A's this year, I think, because one of the teams between the Twins and the uh, the Indians, there you go, that's the other team, between the Twins and the Indians, one of them is probably going to win one of the wild card spots. The White Sox could, you know, go up in there in a shortened season and, you know, steal one of those spots. So really there could only be one spot left between like the A's, uh, Astros, Yankees, and Rays. If, uh, you know, things shake out like they would in a regular season, they, they gotta be on their game from day one because there's not going to be enough spots. They're going with a, you know, regular, three division winners and two wild cards and all that jazz. So uh, there's not going to be extra spots for all these extra teams and all that stuff. So uh, it, the A's need to perform right out of the gate is uh, all I'm really going to touch on for that for now. Uh, there's also going to be a universal DH, and that's going to be part of the regular season as well as the postseason. Uh, there's not a, 
a lot of changes for the A's right there, except for when they would go to National League parks. But, uh, I mean, that's few and far between. That's maybe 10 of their games if uh, everything's divvied up correctly. And, uh, I, I mean, they'll have to not face the pitcher, but they also get Chris Davis in the lineup at Coors, so... That's a plus. Um, yeah, position players can pitch at any point in the game, not just in blowouts. That's a rule that I didn't know existed, so uh, they reversed it. So that helped me. Uh, if a game gets called before the fifth inning for any reason, like rain, uh, the game will be suspended and not just, you know, started over. Uh, so they'll just resume those ones later. They want to get players back out, you know, out of the ballpark as quickly as possible. So there probably won't be a lot of long rain delays. Uh, the roster freeze that we've been under for the last couple of months, uh, that lifts on Friday at 9 a.m. So uh, get ready for some transactions on Friday. I'm just going to get into some of the uh, roster stuff real quick. There's going to be a uh, player pool of 60 players with the players not on the Major League roster uh, being considered taxi squad guys, kind of like in the Fall League, if you're familiar with that. Uh, they'll be training somewhere other than the Coliseum, uh, and then those 60 players need to be given, uh, their names need to be given to the league by noon on Sunday. So uh, we'll know who these are flirting with uh, come Sunday. To start the season, teams can carry 30 players for the first two weeks of the season. So uh, they get a four extra guys, so that's nice. Probably a couple pitchers, maybe an extra catcher. And then uh, some guy that they just kind of want on the team. We're, we're probably, the roster crunch that we were facing in the spring, that sorts itself out right there probably. Um, I don't know how it's going to work with like Vimy Almachin and like Rule 5 picks and guys that are out of options like uh, Mateo and Barreto. If they are going to be, if they are, you know, moved from the, uh, the Major League squad when you get down to 28 guys or 26 guys, um, if they move to the taxi squad, do they still count? Like, do they get to stay with the team, or are they, like, subjected to waivers at that point? These are questions that we'll probably have answers to uh, before too long, but, you know, things to consider. Uh, the 28 and 26 that I mentioned, the uh, the 28 players, uh, the, the roster has to be trimmed down to 28 guys on the 15th day of the season, so two weeks in. And then uh, two weeks after that, so a month in, you got to be down to 26 guys. So uh, they're not really betting on anybody getting hurt or anything ever. So uh, yay, player safety. Um, also, one last thing. The batters are in charge of their own pine tar rags and bat donuts. So I'm glad that they got that figured out. Uh, pitchers also have, can carry a wet rag so that they don't have to lick their fingers for pitching. So... If you turn up the volume right there, you can probably hear my wife giggle at uh, that rule. So, obviously, it's winning fans over. So, with all of this and baseball being back and all the players being excited, uh, what, what is also going on is uh, Charlie Blackman and two other Rockies have tested positive for COVID-19. The Phillies keep adding to their COVID list. The Blue Jays have uh, confirmed cases. And this is and I think the Tigers are also on there too. And this is all without having a full roster at these sites. July 1st is going to be a very big day to determine how widespread, widespread the virus is as players will have to test uh, negative for the virus in order to start training. And I mean, people have been saying you take more tests, you get more cases. So uh, there's going to be more cases, obviously. Um, so as we approach July 1st, we should all think of a number between 0 and 1,800 or 1,800. Uh, that's the number of players that will be involved in bringing baseball back, whether they're on the Major League Baseball roster or the taxi squad. The number you need to pick is how many cases of COVID would be enough to determine that we should not have a season. Does that number change if Mike Trout gets it? 
As I've mentioned numerous times, Trout's wife is pregnant and due in August. There's a good chance that he could opt out so that he could be with his wife. Uh, you know, obviously, to be there for the birth of his first child. Uh, otherwise, he's going to have to quarantine for two weeks in order to be in the delivery room and then quarantine two more weeks to get back onto the field. In a nine-week season, he's been four weeks in quarantine. So at that at that juncture, what's the point of even playing the season? Uh, and if Mike Trout isn't playing baseball, is having baseball even worth it? These are legitimate questions that I think we should all be answering right now. Uh, so on that happy note, let's talk about Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Uh, they're also doing great things for the community right now. On their website, if you go, they have better deals than we have to offer right now. But we still want to promote them because they've been so good to us. They're offering people 50% off of any box that they get, uh, as long as it applies, um, to basically clear out some inventory, bring in some new flavors, bring some of that uh, jazz and all that stuff. So while they're doing that, you know, for business purposes, they're also donating 100% of the profits from the 8 million bars currently in inventory to the following organizations. Uh, the first one is Black Girls Who Code. I mentioned them a couple days ago. They're fantastic. I love that one. Uh, Pretty Brown Girl also mentioned them the other day. 512, they're an organization that's committed to conquering child hunger across the United States as it provides millions of backpacks filled with food for students in need. And then you got the Common, uh, Common Ground Foundation. They're an organization dedicated to empowering high school students from underserved communities to become future leaders with programs that uh, focus on character development, social impact, healthy living, technology, financial literacy, creative arts, and global leadership. If these are things that you enjoy, and uh, I hope you do, uh, go to BuiltBar.com. Go get $50 or 50% off of a bar of your choice, and then, uh, you know, you get some protein, you help out the community, you're doing great work. So just go to BuiltBar.com and uh, click around and buy a bunch of things. And uh, yeah, that's all I got for that. Let's get into some, uh, the rest of this podcast. So we're talking about the best 60 game streaks of last season for everybody in the AL and NL West. Um, so real quick, uh, I'm going to go over you know their records, obviously, and then run differential. Run differential is an easy way to gauge basically how a team really is, like how good they actually are over a long period of time. Over 60 games, it's a little uh, trickier, but it, it's a decent sample size. It's not the best. You don't want to do it over like 10 games because you can you know win a bunch of 10 to nothing games and you look like uh, Giants. That's probably not how good you are. Um, so basically, it's the number of runs scored minus the number of runs allowed, and that's both earned and unearned runs is, you know, those runs. Um, if a team has a winning record but a run differential near zero, kind of like the uh, 2012 Baltimore Orioles, um, that means that they are winning a lot of closer games and could be losing by, a, uh, you know, a few runs here and there. So they're usually built more on a bullpen or something like that, uh, as opposed to a team with a higher run differential, which means that uh, if you have one of the best run differentials in baseball, that usually means that you have one of the better offense uh, pitching and bullpen combinations in the sport. So uh, yeah, that's basically run differential in a very quick nutshell. So the best streaks from 2019 from the Western teams at the top, no surprise, you got the Dodgers. Um, technically I just put them above Houston because I felt like it, but the Dodgers went 43 and 17. And depending on which streak you were going for, a lot of the streaks were like, uh, from June 1st to, you know, August 29th and then June 2nd to August 30th. So there's a lot of streaks like that where they just won a game here and there, but they scored more runs 
in one of those games, so therefore you have two different render differentials. There you go. So that's where these two numbers are going to be coming from, is just uh, which streak was their best. So they went 43 and 17. That was their best streak of 60 games, and they did that numerous times uh, because of those random days. Uh, and you could either go with 107 run differential or 111. That was their worst and their best. So pretty solid, if you ask me. The Astros went 43 and 17 as well. And uh, their worst was 104. Their best was 179. So they were just bludgeoning teams. And uh, that's not fun. Hopefully we don't get those ones. Although in a shorter season, Carlos Correa is less likely to get a Thai massage and uh, break his ribs. So we'll see how, uh, how healthy they can stay with Carlos Correa's freak injuries. Um, and, you know, other, basically the healthier team is going to win this season no matter what. Because if you get one guy on the injured list for, you know, two weeks, that's a big part of the season. That's a quarter? Just under a quarter of the season. So stay healthy, everybody. Uh, the A's were just a couple games behind both those teams at 41 and 19. They, uh, their worst uh, run differential for that time frame was 84, but they had a higher run differential with fewer wins. So they went 40 and 20 in another one of their streaks, and uh, they had a run differential of 106. So they definitely are in that upper echelon. Uh, it's just a matter of which games you're going with there. Uh, the Angels, I'm not even going to go in order of records at this point because uh, I did them by what I thought they would be. And then a couple of teams surprised me. I'll get to those here in a sec. The uh, Angels and Rangers both finished at 34 and 26, and uh, neither of them had great run differentials. The Angels were either 18 or 48, depending on which one. So I'll probably go 48 just to make them look nicer. And then uh, the Rangers went 13 or 51. 51 makes them look pretty good. But also, that's seven games worse than the A's. That's, that's enough to sneeze at, I think. But if you do sneeze, make sure that you cover your mouth and wash your hands because uh, sneezing is terrible right now. So don't do that. Um, also, the uh, I'm going to just keep going here. The Arizona Diamondbacks, they went 34 and 26, just like the Angels and Rangers. Uh, depending on the streak, they either had a run differential of 9 or 40. So a little bit worse than those teams. They're definitely built more on pitching. and uh, But they did get Starling Marte this winter, so maybe their offense will be a little bit better. Uh, we'll see with them. Uh, the San Diego Padres went 31 and 29, which was a little bit surprising. I thought they would have a, a better streak in there, but I think that the health of Fernando Tatis Jr. played a little bit of a role in there. So uh, we'll we'll see how that goes. Um, they also had Kirby Yates, who was fantastic. So that'll explain <clears throat> some of this run differential stuff here. I, I mean, they only had two more wins than losses, so that also explains it a little bit too. Uh, but they had either a run differential of three. Or negative 22. So, obviously, they're trying to, you know, limit their opponents a little bit more. And uh, they don't have the offense quite ready there yet. But uh, they're a team that could break out. We'll see. Um, especially with Chris Paddock and, you know, all these younger guys that teams like the A's and Astros have not seen before. They, they could, you know, have a good little run with just those couple of starts right there. That's what, like 20% of the starts they're going to have are going to be against... You know, those two teams, let alone the other. Uh, so if they start one time each against each of the four AL West opponents, that's almost half their starts. They could have dominant seasons. And, and this goes for, you know, other young pitchers like uh, Puck and Luzardo. Um, so there's a lot of leeway here. We don't know what's going to happen. And that's kind of what makes the season a little bit exciting to, uh, to dream on. Um, so just... I'm running out of time, so I'm going to just run through these real quick. The San Francisco Giants surprised me a little bit. 
Uh, they went 37 and 23 at their best, and they had a run differential of 39. So again, they're trying to just keep uh, scores low as possible and uh, get everybody with their pitching because they do not have a good offense. And now, and they also have a very old roster, and that roster is now older. Insert in at-risk demographic joke here. All right, and we're going to keep going. Uh, you got the Colorado Rockies, another surprising team. They went 37-23, and 23, and, uh, and because they play in Coors, they had run differentials of either 56 or 57. Uh, so, obviously, playing Coors, no joke. Kind of want to see it. And then uh, Seattle, those poor Mariners, they didn't have a 60-game stretch where they were above 500. Uh, they went 28-32. and 32. That was their best 60-game streak. Uh, and their run differential was negative 26. That that sucks. That's really bad. And uh, I, I would love to see the Mariners, I mean, not at the expense of the A's, obviously, but I would love to see the Mariners break their postseason drought this season. If they have a shot, this is it, because they can put together a good month. Two months? I don't know. That might be a stretch. But uh, I, I would like to see them do well. There's no real reason for why I want to see them do well. I just do. So uh, that's it. That's it for today, you guys. Uh, I'm going to do the second half of my doom and gloom speculation uh, in the next episode. So look forward to that, I guess. Um, That's a continuation from Monday, uh, the uh, ballpark update and doom and gloom speculation. It's so if you haven't listened to that one, go ahead and listen to that one. It'll bleed right into uh, the next episode, which is coming out tomorrow and uh, all that stuff. In the meantime, please follow us on social media at locked on A's on Twitter and Instagram. I am at by Jason B on Twitter, and you can email us any questions that you may have uh, about the A's or baseball in general uh, to locked on athletics at gmail.com. So uh, yeah, in the meantime, Stay indoors, and if you go outside, wear a mask, Oakland, and I will talk with you guys soon.